You're listening to the Unfreak Parents Podcast, episode 021. Your scene to chat about parenting, life, and of course, Humphreys McGee. I'm your host, Sarah Jahimia, successful event planner, first solo female podcast host in the jam music scene, mom of three, wife, and total Unfreak. Are you prepared for what comes next? Hey everyone, thank you so much for joining me for episode 21 of the podcast. That is just so awesome to me to say that. (laughs) Um, If you did not check out last week's episode with my review of the shows from October 11th through the 14th, there is a link in the show notes where you can check all of that out. I will start out by saying that this Urbana show was seriously out of this world. The day after the show, the interwebs were abuzz with the set list and the bust outs. So I'm going to try my best to review everything that happened with this show, but you should just really listen to this yourself because it really was something else. Everyone that was at this show was treated to a really special and fun moment in Umphrey's history. My editor, Eric, was at this show, and I think he's just absolutely one lucky bastard. Perhaps the reason that this show and the two nights in St. Paul were as amazing as they were was because when they were finished, the band would embark on the longest stretch of time that they've ever had off. I think after 20 years, they most certainly deserve every single moment of it. Okay, so let's dive into these shows. October 18th in Urbana, Illinois at the Canopy Club, Umphrey's most played venue, I believe, having played there a total of 38 times, the first time being way back in 2000 on June 30th. This show opens with Cut Off, love that tune, then Wizard Burial Ground, which Bayless affectionately calls a love song before playing it. Hall of Fame worthy and probably my favorite wizard burial ground, honestly, ever. This that starts to happen after four minutes in, just the force and intensity behind this jam. Like I said, this is definitely my favorite wizard. So I've listened to this a couple of times at this point, and I honestly just cannot describe it. And I really feel that way about so much of this show. At one point, they just lay it all the way down, kind of like giving this spaceship a little bit of orbit, a chance to reclaim its legs after that whole thing that just happened. And then Joel comes in with his piano right before 1150 and the chills that I just get from those notes and then the build up into this just beautiful Bela solo and then regaining momentum and getting heavy again to build up into one more go around with the rage monster and then just absolutely blowing the roof off the canopy club and melting every single person's face in that venue and just when you think you can't take any more there's the last two minutes of this tune my mind was blown just listening to this and I wasn't even there So I know that everybody will agree about this, Wizards. And if you've not listened to this, you for sure should. I can absolutely see this being on the Hall of Fame record for sure. If I was there, I would have probably yelled the loudest fuck yeah after this for sure. 
then I love how after that amazing shit that just went down, they go into this whimsical sweetness of thin air. Last played May 17th of this year in Baldwinsville, New York, which that thin air was pretty killer too. I'll actually put a link to that show in the show notes. My husband and I took my youngest to that show. Um, It's only like two hours from us. So it was such a perfect night. I love seeing them in Baldwinsville. It's such a very cool outdoor venue. The Hey 19 from that show is, I think, one of the best um, of that cover that they did this year as well. Anyway, the jam in this thin air with Joel just killing it four minutes in and then giving it to Chris and Andy for a little bit. And then when it really starts a little after five minutes in, this jam adventure that this song goes on, everyone getting their chance to contribute to the story and just take this off all the way into the end of the song. And it's hard to even think that this is only the third song in. Liquid, the first bus out of the evening, last played August 19th, 2016 in Knoxville, Tennessee, 194 show gap. The jam in here that starts to lift off about three and a half minutes in. I love the ominous sound of it, then starts to go into an almost old spy or detective movie sort of sound to this one. I put this one on my Hall of Fame list as well, and honestly, I think we may be looking at the best show that they've played of the year here with this one. Then when you think it might slow down again, it gains momentum again and continues, gets so funky and dirty, and then Stasic taking it all, giving it right to Joel to take it into Qbert, another bust out of the evening. Last played May 23rd, 2015, 312 shows ago. That's just crazy on so many levels that, first of all, that they've played that many shows in that amount of time, but that it's been that long since they've played that. Joel just knocked it right out of the park with this one. And although there was some uh, confusion whether or not this was a, fu- a full Qbert or not, confirmation from Joel says that it was. Taking this into similar skin, this one I'm loving more and more honestly. Not really a fan of this one when it first came out, but the jam that they have started to do with the end of this song is the main reason that I am starting to fall in love with it. Then moving that into Pooh Doggy, last time this was played was October 22nd, 2017, so almost a year ago. They did take this and go to this absolutely killer, and in my opinion, the best It Doesn't Matter of 2018. I know I've said this before, but I love how much this tune has grown in less than a year. Absolutely amazing. This jam that continues to chug along six minutes in and continues on, and then they bring it back in for a little bit, but only to start building it up to give this first set a solid close. So before the second set starts, I hear this guy yelling, how could this get much better than this? And I will tell you, buddy, that it's about to get a whole lot fucking better. Bill's farm to open the second set. Bills and 2018. And if you've been listening to this show, um, you know how I feel about Bills in this year. 
if you've been listening consistently to the Umphreys shows that they've been playing this year, you know that they have been slaying this song all year. And with the Imperial March tease in the beginning, which just gets me because I'm honestly a Star Wars nerd almost as much as I am an Umphreys nerd, and I am totally okay with admitting that. The jam that starts to lift off about eight minutes in and then heads toward a weird video game sound as it continues to grow and just morph and rage in this 20-minute version, I can just see this in my head when I'm listening to it. There are seriously making each fills as good, if not better, than the last one played. I've said it before and I'll say it again. It will be very, very hard to pick my favorite from the year, but this one is definitely up there. Hall of Fame list for sure. Then it switches to a sort of deranged honky-tonk vibe going with the jam about 12 minutes in. Just nasty. And then slowing it to take another turn into Binary Sunset, again from Star Wars. Ugh, just just love that. Which, it's just beautiful. It gives me goosebumps. That starts at about 15.20, slowing it way down and then picking it back up and going back into fills with Bayless just absolutely slaying the end of this. I just love this song and the eclecticness of every jam odyssey that it goes on. Dirty Love by Frank Zappa, performed by Andy, a.k.a. Cousin Eli. The last time this one was played, March 24th, 2016. Nemo with this beautiful jam that starts a little after two minutes in with Joel playing this just loving and romantic piano that then starts to build on top, be built on top by Jake and Chris, and then just starts to find its wings and really takes off about four minutes in, and then comes back down to earth for a little bit, being so light and airy, whimsical, and full of happiness, and then Jake takes this and just takes off with it about 6.30 in, but doesn't push this jam as far as I think it could go, honestly, instead bringing it back down and taking it back into Nemo eight minutes in. A Thousand Places to See Before You Die, which I believe is a Joel tune, has only been played a total of six times, last time being January 13th of this year in Cincinnati, Ohio. I am lucky enough to catch one of these back in 2017 on January 29th during the little Jakeless run in the Northeast. I love the romance that this song just oozes. Switching gears and taking this one into FF, which also includes, according to the set list, a fucking stew man, really starts to begin its journey a little after three minutes in. Starting off a little weird in the beginning while it's trying to find its legs and continues to be weird and gets an 80s tune vibe to it. Also an almost interstellar feeling to it. This one keeps going and really goes off running about seven minutes in and just continues to soar to soar and build way, way up and then comes back down and goes into all things ninja. Last played January 21st of this year at the Beacon Theater. This one features a big and bold Bela solo a little after three minutes in and continues on until they go back into the tune and rage this one and take it into 
hanging chads, complete with Stasic English accent, which he has said he would never sing again unless it was in a British accent, and he is a man of his word. The first time this one has been played, and I'll be honest, I am a little sad that they didn't go into the jam that we hear on the album because that's my favorite part, and I think where they could take it would have been amazing. I think the next time we do see this, it will be some crazy amount of shows from now, and it will be a total bust out. Back into All Things Ninja with a lounge band sort of vibe to it at first before switching it over and taking it right into a shred fest from Jake, and then Chris just breaking it down. I know I've mentioned this as well before, but I just love when they do this and give Chris and Andy a little bit of appreciation and love back there. And then taking it back into the song, the whole crowd just loved that one so much and rightfully so. Take Me Away by Ween to close out this second set. This one has only been played a total of two times, the last time being May 22nd, 2015, during the God Boner set with Gene Ween at Summer Camp. Encore, Soul Food 1, and the final bust out of the evening, Baby Sugar Honey Darling. What a really rare treat this one was. The last time played was April 28, 2018 at Martyrs in Chicago, Illinois. This song has only been played a total of 35 times. Joel has mentioned to me that when they play this song, it takes him back to when they were not very good at writing songs. So a nice little reminder of how far they have come. You can definitely tell when you listen to the lyrics, but it's so deliciously cheesy that I absolutely love it. And you can tell that they enjoyed blowing the dust off of that one as well as every minute of this show. I heard some guy say right after this, holy fuck, and he is so right. I feel like there is no way that I could adequately explain everything about this show. So do yourself a favor and definitely listen to this if you have not yet. And like I said before, the people that were at this show, you are so lucky. You got to experience such an awesome moment in Umphrey's history. Not just the jams and the music, of course, but just the fun that the band was having with this show. I will put where you can listen to this and the set list in the show notes so you can check it all out further. Okay, October 19th, night two at the Palace Theater in St. Paul, Minnesota. The band has played here a total of four times, last year also doing a two-night stand, the second night being when they all dressed as different versions of Prince, reason being that Prince is from Minnesota, Minneapolis, to be specific. The band, however, has played in this city a total of six times, first time being August 30th, 2006, and they've played the state of Minnesota a total of 45 times. Cut the cable to open this show. Higgins with the jam that begins to figure out its direction about six minutes in and continues to transform and really gets off running eight minutes in and continues to build this way up into the rafters, and then instantly drops it back into Higgins. Then the jam, last three minutes or so, is just everything that I love about this band and this song. 
especially the big, huge buildup into the ending. Then into looks. Love so much how this one gains more and more every time they take it out for a spin. Lyrically, this song is not my favorite, but I love the jammed out versions for sure. This one has an almost burning down the house by Peter Gabriel vibe to it when it first starts to get its legs and starts to gain momentum. I can definitely hear that being something that they could maybe segue um, this jam into in the future. And then, of course, just goes on to this different adventure, gets all sort of weird and R2-D2 sounding, and then switches gears and gets a different kind of weird. I mean, they really let this one spread way out with this jam. I think it's safe to say that uh, they're pretty comfortable with this one at this point. There's still so much potential with the jam inside of that inside of that song in the future, and I'm really excited to see how that one grows more in 2019. And then Jake just taking it right back into the lyrics. I've added this one to my Hall of Fame list, and I'm so, so grateful that they are jamming this out, and I cannot wait for them to do it more. Then Push and Pull. The crooked one dedicated to the crazy motherfuckers in the front row who drove eight hours after last night to be at the show. And you know what? After the show at the Canopy Club, I totally don't blame them. If I had the flexibility in my schedule and the finances to do so, I would have totally done it too. The jam in this one from the beginning really starts to get nitty-gritty at 345, just nasty. And then it starts to really gain its backbone and goes on this interesting journey that starts kind of eerie and turns itself into an inspiring, uplifting jam and then takes a turn to get all dirty and funky and at one point transforms and almost just kind of opens up like a flower, I feel like almost. And this beautiful Bayless solo just comes emerging and spilling out, then comes back down and slows down to get even more inspirational and sliding into Upward. Jake at the end of this song, just, it gets me every single time. There's really nothing that I can say about it that's going to do it just justice. It's just amazing and beautiful, and the way it comes down to the end after this bold and gorgeous piece of music, I know that everybody listening knows about Upward and just the feelings that you get from hearing that song. Just lovely. Driven to Tears by the Police, covered a total of 20 times. The Police is another great band for them to cover, mostly because their music allows Umphreys so much canvas to paint their own version just all over. And that is most certainly what they did with this version, just absolutely killing it and bringing it back into the song to close out the second set. The second set opens with Wappy, and this one, and I hate to say it again and be that guy, but this one, and I really think just this song in general is always quote unquote ready right out of the gate. 
I mean, this one is just up and running and just continuing to go on this jam, really deciding to begin on its merry way a little after five minutes in and just continues to skip along on its path, starting to find its wappy legs a little bit again, seven minutes in, but decides to go back along the dance party path and then begins to slowly grow back into wappy about 12 minutes in. The forcefulness coming back into the song, just the perfect part of the song, in my opinion, <laughs> to just rage whatever is pissing you off in your life right there. Just such an awesome release with the song. After the lyrics at the end, they just glide this right into Half Delayed. Love that tune, too. Then Maybe Someday, which is gaining more and more legs, Joel mentioned about this one finally getting to spread its wings and get a chance to see what it can really do. And boy, was it something else. This was most certainly my favorite version of this song so far. <laughs> um, with them taking this one out for a spin very early on in the song, less than two and a half minutes in and just unleashing this. They begin to bring this back home a little after six minutes and then full force going back in. I love this whole song. The whimsicalness. Is that even a word? I don't know. If if it's not, I'm inventing it. It is a word now. Um, To the beginning of the ending and then into the rage end of that song. It's just so cool to see what that is going to become and grow into as they play it more and become more comfortable with it. Day Nurse with Andy just killing it about five minutes and then Chris comes in for a little bit and going back into Day Nurse and then for maybe the first time ever I did try to do a little bit of research um, but did not find anything so if I am incorrect please email the show and let me know. They go into Night Nurse and while I love both of these songs Night Nurse is definitely the one I like more. This one begins on an interesting adventure about four minutes and 50 in, and I and it just heads off into this whole amazing dance odyssey. While I enjoyed this version a lot, I will say the one from summer camp of this year during the, um, the VIP like pre-party concert in the Red Barn is still my favorite one from this past year so far. The ominous sounding at the end of this night nurse breaks way to a light airy ending and then they change gears entirely and go into Ringo, but only for about three minutes before taking it into Soul Food 2, Chris killing it with the high notes in the beginning, Jake having all sorts of fun rapping and then sending it to Bayless to just slay his solo. And then leads right into the second half of Ringo that goes off into this very heavy metal, almost Metallica vibe to it at first. And then switching gears with Joel taking the reins at about four and a half minutes in and then bringing it all back together, then breaking it all down and then building it back up into the tune. Not their most delicious Ringo sandwich, but still tasty nonetheless. Last Dance by David Bowie covered a total of 
25 times, the last time being this year at summer camp on May 24th during the late night set in the barn. This is another great one for them to cover, and I personally love the way that Jake sings this tune. Encore, full band The Wait Around, which I know I've mentioned this before, this tune really has a new life of its own when it's played as a full band. This one has been played a total of 21 times with the full band and twice with Brendan and Jake. I love the big dramatic finish to this song and they take it to just move it so gracefully into glory, which I will be honest, I don't need to say a damn thing about this song because we all know how big and bold and amazing and beautiful and goosebump inducing that song is. I love this tune anywhere in a show, but putting it into the encore after Wait Around, seriously a solid choice. I will put where you can listen to this show and the set list in the show notes so you can check it all out more closely. All right, that brings us to night two in St. Paul, Minnesota, October 20th. Opens with Puppet String that starts to embark on its jam adventure a little after five minutes in, going along and remaining unfinished for now, instead going into Second Self, getting all romantic with the jam a little before two minutes in, and then gaining momentum and going back into the song, and then heading back into its jam adventure about four minutes in, and features this really dreamy Bela solo starting a little before... 550 and he just continues to take it all the way into the end that brings us to this very interesting and awesome triple decker miss tinkles sandwich it starts with miss tinkles and of course we all know the jam powerhouse that this tune is really settling into its jam only about three minutes in starts to get a little weird and then it gains its confidence to continue on and starts to get a little heavier around the five minute mark turns into a dark and i envision some sort of almost like interstellar battle something that we'd see in some badass 80s saturday morning cartoon then it switches gears to a less dark and ragey place to give us the first taste of the contents inside this sandwich, taking it into Masoka Tonga by the police. Last time this one was played, February 13th, 2014, 459 shows ago. Just another mind-blowing amount of shows. But they only play like one minute of this song before taking it back into Miss Tinkles for only like 20 seconds before sliding it back into Mosaka Tanga. This tune is a perfect avenue for them to add their own jam. Like I said in previous episodes, I feel that way about every police cover that they do. Then they finish up this tasty little sandwich. They go back into the last three minutes of Miss Tinkles. And a random fact via UmFacts on Twitter, this is the fourth time that they have delivered this sandwich, the first time ever being eight years ago in Minneapolis, Minnesota. And if you're not following my friend Jimmy on Twitter, you most certainly should. He has the best random facts about Umphreys ever. Um, I'll be sure to link where you can find him in the show notes. 
Seasons, which I love the lyrics of this song. And I love that this one is getting more and more confidence every time they play it. Another one that I'm excited to see how it matures in the coming year. The Fussy Dutchman that has a lead-in that seems like we're walking through this sort of mystical place and then going into the song. I absolutely love Joel in the beginning of this. The whole venture that this song goes in is always nothing short of amazing and features another lovely Bela solo a little before five minutes, gaining momentum to continue to the end of the song and then changing it right into Push the Pig. Love the authority in the beginning of this one. It breaks down to get real dirty and grimy about 4.30 in, and they carry this jam forward, changing it only slightly as they move into the end of the song. I am happy to report that snake juice has been found. I know that Umfreaks Anonymous was looking for it and also started a search party to find it, and here it is. Last played February 6th, 2015, 350 shows ago at the Ryman in Nashville, Tennessee. This tune has only been played a total of 11 times. They did tease this before Rocktopus on October 12th in Raleigh. So I'm wondering um, how many people that were at this show thought that that was going to happen again. But nope, another bust out of the evening. Um, I will admit I'm not super familiar with this song, uh, probably because of the rarity of catching it, but now I'm totally all about it and will be patiently awaiting the arrival of it again, perhaps another 350 shows from now. Um, Conduit, that begins its jam story a little before three minutes in, getting interstellar at one point and again with a Bayless solo. Then this jam really finding its way and then going back into the song at eight minutes and going on to close out the first set. Remind me to open the second set with an honestly very hard to hear shake down street tease in the beginning. I saw it on the set list um, when I was working through this show and I actually had to listen to it twice to really hear it because I love that tune. One of my favorite Grateful Dead songs. So, you know, I was kind of hoping for a little more of a tease there, but it was there. It was tiny, but you could hear it. Um, Remind Me is another one that I just love the jam odyssey that it goes on every single time that they play it. This one really chugging along its journey, bringing it way down and turning it to make it feel like we're floating among the stars before doing a complete 180 and diving deep into the sex metal part of this at 750. I love that part of this song. Miami Virtue, which is not one of my favorites, but another song that is just a stellar jam vehicle. And this one set off a little after four minutes in, but really finds its legs on its journey after getting a little weird about 5.50 in and then going on an outer space sounding adventure at one point and then landing it back down to go into mail package starting out almost circus-like and dizzy. Um, I kind of imagine this is the kind of music that would be following someone around that was super drunk and like stumbling all over. 
beautiful dueling guitars going on a little over six minutes in and the crowd showing how much they love that one after it was over. Dump City, which is really funny because I'm totally having a sign made for my bathroom that says Dump City on it. Um, I actually have one for my kitchen that says Eat, so I think it's pretty fitting for the bathroom. <laughs> anyway, this one is ready to go right away, but the jam starts to switch about 350 and going on a cooler, more relaxed sort of journey with another Bayless solo starting to heat up at 650 and it switches over again, continuing along the previous path and then coming back back into a Bayless solo at 8.30 in, then switches again with that same style of jam as before, with them really breaking it down and giving us all a chance again to see the force that is Chris Myers and Andy Farag. Totally love when they do that. I know I keep saying that. Then starting to bring the pieces of the jam back together and going into a more ominous and eerie vibe before taking it back into Dump City a little bit after 12 minutes. Slacker with the jam that is starting to figure out which way it should go a little bit after two minutes in and begins to find its way almost right away to begin on this journey. I really love the way this jam goes. Trudging along and beginning the journey back into Slacker about seven minutes in with Joel just killing it. And coming back into it nine minutes in with the lyrics and then the big ending of the song with yet another Bayless solo, which has come up a bunch in this episode, me uh, reviewing this show. But apparently Bayless was killing it during this one. Panama by Van Halen covered a total of 19 times, last time being earlier this year on February 18th in Tampa, Florida. Honestly, Chris is made to cover Van Halen, and while I'm honestly not a Van Halen fan, um, other than the song Jump I was into when I was a kid, um, but they totally make this fun, and I like this cover for them better than Hot for Teacher. Then the big conclusion of Puppet String to close out the second set I guess you could say that this entire show was one meaty puppet string sandwich. Encore, Dark Brush with a dramatic lead-in. This one has only been played a total of eight times. First time played this year was February 2nd in Tampa, Florida. This is the second time that I have mentioned that show in this review, so I will link that in the show notes so you guys can check that one out too. Andy posted a video on his Instagram of them sound checking the song and gave a different perspective from his point of view. Um, and it was very, very cool. I'm going to actually link that as well so you can check it out if you have not. I love the dark force and grittiness of this tune, especially Jake's guitar a little after four minutes in. Finally, Golf Stream, such a wonderful way to end this show and send a Humphreys off on their longest and very much deserved break. I mean, come on. The line, all my friends are here right now and this is what we came to do. Just saying it now gives me 
goosebumps. And anytime I've ever heard that song live, it does too. It's just, just such an awesome song. And the whole dramatic ending of this too, a beautiful way to end this show. I will put a link in the show notes where you can find the set list for the show, as well as where you can listen to it so you can check it out more closely. Before we end this week's episode, I did want to mention a couple of things. First, there's now an Umfreak Parents podcast website, your one-stop shop for all the episodes and show notes. Also coming soon, a blog and merch. If you're interested in submitting some writing to the website, all of the information can be found on the contact tab. A link to that is in the show notes. A big thank you to Dave Levine that allowed me to use his photographs for the site. The show is also now accepting advertisers, and all that information can be found on the website as well. And if you totally love this show, I would greatly appreciate it if you would give the show a review because it helps other like-minded parents find the show. And be sure to, just, to subscribe as well so that you never miss a new episode when they drop.